Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. What a day. It looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day. A little windy, but some really amazing temperatures. Um, Yesterday, I was outside working in the yard and man, the weather was just almost perfect. It was a light breeze, lots of sun. We're getting better weather than we deserve for this time of the year. For the last week of February, it's really looking good out there. Unfortunately, (laughs) with every good thing, like these wonderful temperatures, We're not getting any rain again, and it won't take long before we fall behind for the year in terms of total rainfall. And that's already been a problem from last year. So we we need to make sure that we were building up our soil so that when we get rain, We keep as much of it as possible on our properties. We let it soak in. We let it go nice and deep. We don't want it to run off. And the only way you can do that is to build up your soil from things like seaweed to improve the roots of the plants that are growing there to molasses which is a food source for all the soil biology that does the work of making those little pits and pockets in the soil so that it can store water. Things like Medina Soil Activator, which works to improve the soil biology everywhere and build that soil so that when we get rain, it's like a sponge instead of like a dinner plate where the water just runs off. We want that deep soak. The temperatures right now are pretty nice. We're starting to get warm. You, you know, today you may want to go out there and check some of your containers, some of your plants that are out there. Make sure but they got enough water because you don't know, they may need it. But this weather has been just pure awesome sauce and probably will be for the next couple of days. And then as normally happens in Texas, we're going to get a shocker and it's going to be cold. But enjoy these days. Gosh, this weekend, it is going to be so beautiful spend some time outside spend some time on you know spend some time on the porch and just enjoy it let's go to the phone this is uh brendan brendan what can i help you with good morning jeff and thank you for taking my call yes sir Uh, okay uh 
the uh, Texas has got what they call the West Texas uh, Nursery, as I out of Idaloo, Texas, which is up in the Panhandle. And uh, back then, I ordered uh, some trees. And uh, anyway, they came in Friday, delivered by uh, uh, FedEx. And these, uh, what I wound up getting was uh, uh, the following. I got some, uh, they call them bare root. Uh, and it was uh, pecans and burr, B-U-R, oak, bare roots. And then uh, in a little container is the Afghan pine, the black cherry, and Austrian pine. And I wound up getting 25 of each. Well, I went online last night and looking uh, for them, but uh, they're sold out of them now. I just wanted to see what the status was on them. But anyway, here's the question I have for you. Those bare root, all of them came in like a uh, tall paper, probably uh, a waterproof bag, uh, probably about three and a half foot tall. And they were wrapped around and tied with or uh, bound with tape. In the bottom of that bag, there was some kind of a crystal gel, uh, and I guess for moisture. And uh, anyway, I'd like to ask, how, how long will those last? Because uh, I checked yesterday, it was 24 hours so far since I received them. And it doesn't look like they've deteriorated or gone down at all. How long can I keep them in those bags like that? And are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, first off, you could plant every one of those trees right now if you wanted to. That's a lot of trees, so it's going to take more than just a day. But they can go into the so uh, soil now. The temperatures are okay, and the trees can handle it. Number two, yes, that gel is root stimulator. It's something to help protect them and keep them uh, growing in those bags until you do get ready to put them in the ground. And what would you say that time frame would be on that? If you, let's say you take them out of the bags and you get yourself a, a nursery container, like a five gallon, maybe a 10 gallon. And you put all of the trees in that single container and keep it watered. When it needs water, you could probably leave them out of the bag in that container for 30 days, so long as you make sure you know they don't dry out. And you'll be able to plant them and they'll be okay. All right. Well, I sure appreciate that information. And uh, Jeff, I'll text uh, text you uh, when I get uh, to my computer. Um, gotta gotta warn you about something. Um, Afghan pines used to be the pine tree to get around here thirty years ago. And they were very popular, and they could grow up quickly and be very pretty. Come to find out, they only lived maybe 10 years. And without noticing a disease, 
had been brought in with the trees and was affecting them. So they are not really a heavily recommended plant right now. You got a bunch of them, and they may last for years yet, but they are not a very long-lived tree here in Central Texas. What about the black cherry and Austrian pine? The Austrian pine can make it here. A lot of times they'll get you those, uh, they'll grow them up and shape them like a Christmas tree. And you have a living Christmas tree that after Christmas you put in the ground. Austrian pines are used for that. And they will grow here. The black cherry, um, I have a black cherry right outside my front door. Unfortunately, the last couple of freezes have really worn it out, but I had it growing there for 15 years so far. Beautiful spring blooms. Um, it doesn't really produce an edible cherry. I mean, it does, but you, you'd have to collect so many hundreds of them just to make a simple dessert. Uh, birds love them. They're very attractive trees. Uh, but they're kind of fragile. They'll break a branch pretty easily. So you, you just have to be careful of that. Okay. Well, I'll text you uh, later on then. Uh, sure appreciate the information, Jeff. Thank you for the call. Uh, folks, I got to take a quick break here. I will uh, catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> Was talking about the weather, and uh, the next couple of days are going to be nice and warm. And that's fine with me, uh, be able to get out and get stuff done. Yesterday, oh gosh, it was such a pretty day. Um, temperatures, everything was just wonderful. Uh, was out cleaning up yesterday. Uh, had to clean up my Purple Martin house. Check the cabling, make sure everything was ready for them. Because we're coming up on that time where you're going to start seeing the Purple Martins. So if you have a house, you want to make sure it's working. And, of course, you want to get the sparrows out of it. I, you know, they're, they're such a pain, but I just can't bring myself to harm them. They're looking for a place to live, too. So... I emptied it out, took the doors off, and lowered it. That does two things. We've got some breeze coming. That means it's not going to shake the pole too much. And with the doors off, nobody's going to try to build a nest in there. And I'm just going to leave it like that and wait until I hear a purple martin. And folks, if you you know what I'm talking about, they are so distinctive in their sound. 
they can uh they will give themselves away in a heartbeat when you hear their clicks and when you hear those clicks that means they're in the area and when i get some scouts and i hear them i'm going to put everything back together and get my purple martin house up at the top of the pole and hopefully hopefully i'll get the martins to move in i've been successful with it now for Wow, uh, more than five years, maybe 10 years. Yeah, maybe 10 years. Lots of, uh, lots of hatchlings. They, they are gregarious little birds. They, they always want to check up on me. My Purple Barton house was in a position where it was about 150 feet from the house. And whenever we were just sitting on the back porch, we might not see the Martins. However, the minute we started getting close to the house, for example, we were trimming, you know, bushes or working in the garden, they all came out and would sit on the house and look down at us and like, hey, what are you doing? It was really enjoyable the way they they seem comfortable around us now a little reality check with the martins folks people will go oh they're great at getting rid of mosquitoes oh no they're not <laughs> when they studied them really close yes they ate mosquitoes but it wasn't the number one thing in their diet they were big fans of dragonflies. And actually, dragonflies are kind of cool. And they eat more mosquitoes than the purple martins do. And the other thing is, purple martins kind of like butterflies. Hmm. That can be bad, right? But that's nature. I mean the 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 Disney comic version of nature is not re reality. So we just got to deal with it. Yesterday uh went to vote Friday went to vote and when we came back home and pulled in our driveway across the street is a fence my neighbor's fence and sitting on it was a beautiful beautiful hawk um i think it was a red shouldered and it sat there for the better part of 20 minutes or more just kind of looking over the neighborhood and things like that it was very very promising Very, very promising to see that. And we must have a clutch, I think is what they're called, of hawks, because we will get early in the day this screaming match. The hawks will just be screaming at each other and zooming around. I think we have two pair with children. <laughs> 
also the hawk populations doing really well, which is great, which means the rat population and the snake population are probably taking a beating, can only hope. With the weather we're getting, we're going to see migratory birds. They'll be coming through soon if they're not already. For example, I had a um, bunch of titmouse birds, or is it titmice? I don't know. Mices, mises. And there's spring arrivals where I live. And they suddenly showed up. I'm hoping soon to see scissor tails. They're also a migratory bird that survives and does well. You'll find them on power lines looking over field. If you've not had the opportunity to watch one chase a butterfly or a bug, they have flying skills you just cannot believe. It's amazing watching them uh, hunt down food. They, they, are, they are gorgeous flyers. They do very, very well here in Texas. And uh, beautiful birds. Haven't seen any yet this year, but we are getting other migratory birds that are passing through. Oh. passing through and doing well. Uh, someone just texted me. They put up their bluebird house. Um, I didn't take mine down at all. And surprisingly, they're not nesting, but I think they're using it for shelter. But I have a male and a female bluebird already staking out the bluebird house that I have. I actually have another house that I need to put up, just kind of trying to figure out where to put it. But no, I have bluebirds already in and out of the bluebird house. So you probably timed it out pretty well. It'll just be a matter of what your bluebirds are doing in your area. So this is the kind of weather we're starting to see. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Got to take a break at the bottom of the hour for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Awesome weather this weekend. It is just awesome. (laughs) Can get outside, not be cold, pretty decent breeze, so you shouldn't overheat, lots of sun, and it looks like, you know, you can get out there and do some gardening. Now, I'll be honest, I have some really good tomato starts. Started them by seed. They've been growing well. I take them outside to start to acclimate them during the day and leave them alone. But I'm not ready to put them in the ground yet. Because we have 
nearly 40 degree lows early Thursday morning and only a little warmer early Friday morning, I don't want to have to plant them and then go out, oh, I got to go out there and cover them up. I can keep them inside. They're doing just fine. I would love it. I would love it if I could, uh, I could get them out there. Because I prepared the, I got everything ready, prepared the soil. It's heavily mulched. It's my, I checked my irrigation lines. Everything's ready for it. But when I put them out there, I'm done with it. I am not going to have, I'm not going to have to go out there and keep covering them on and off. Is it possible we'll get cold? more yet this year yeah of course it is but i'm gambling that this may be the last cold run uh let's say instead i'm hoping that this may be the last cold run let's go to the phone this is judy judy what can i help you with hi um jeff i have a pretty bad crop of velcro weed in my uh grass and I've tried raking it out, and it just comes right back. I don't know if I should be using, like, corn gluten, because some of them does, do have little flowers on them, so I think it's going to, you know, set seed. And Or is there some kind of herbicide that I can use that won't hurt the grass? Um, yes to both questions. First off, the minute you see it, if you can pull it out, you're going to win because it's not going to be able to flower and reseed. Um, I have had really bad batches of it. Finally got off my backside. And when I first saw it coming up early in the year, I went out there and pulled it all out. And I haven't had a real problem with it since. So, yeah, I just yanked. let it go too long. I think next year I'll put some, I mean, maybe in the fall or I don't know when I should do it. I should put some corn gluten down to just prevent it. <clears throat> that will help a great deal. Now, raking it will get a lot of it, but there are organic weed killers you can use. The problem is this. They're non-selective. So you want to kill that plant only spray it on that plant. It can harm other plants because it doesn't care. It's just trying to kill what's green. But there are good ones. And, you know, if you just take a little care when you're using it, it can get rid of uh, uh, that weed for you. And you don't have to go out there and try to pull it all up and then you know, where do you put it? It goes in the trash. So there are some good organic weed killers out there that will burn that weed out. You don't have to kill it at the root. That will not hurt the grass, right? It it will hurt the grass. You can't right. just you you can't just spray everywhere. But they're usually easy enough whether you put it in a pump-up sprayer or you buy a ready-to-use bottle, a squirt bottle, if you got a big sheet of cardboard with you and you go out there and you're a little careful, you can spray just that plant 
and not get any on the grass. And it'll work okay. well. All right. I will try that. Thanks, Jeff. You bet. Good luck. Yeah, folks, the bed straw cleavers got a bunch of names to it. It's the stuff that sticks to you. You go to pull it and it goes and wraps itself around you and you can't get rid of it. That is something that is an annual. It'll disappear in the heat. It can't handle the hot weather, but it can be incredibly annoying when it's growing. Now, if you grab it and pull it out, you can get it out pretty easily. It's a lightweight weed and it doesn't put up a, a bunch of fight trying to stay in the ground. You can rake an area and you can rake much of it up, but you want to go get it the minute you see it. You, you let it get away from you a little bit and suddenly you got this big patch of it. And it's hard to tell, but the flowers that produce the seed are actually on the underside of the leaf. And it'll get away from you in a hurry. So today's a great day. The weather's going to be good. The wind is going to be a little strong. Go out there and get rid of it. Even a big patch should come up fairly quickly. And yes, you can use weed killers. Just remember the kind of weed killer that you are using. If you are using some of the chemical weed killers with the idea, well, it's going to kill the roots, it's a annual. That's kind of like using, using a hammer to brush a mosquito off your friend's face. There may be some personal enjoyment in that, but that's not what your friend wants. That's not what you need to do. If you can get it up right now, pull it, pull it out, throw it in the trash. If you can rake it, you can use weed killers. You can spray it with the vinegar. Uh, pulverize is a good one. It, it uses fatty acids to kill the plant. Um, burnout is another one. The idea is it's going to burn the leaves on the top. And since this is a weak-rooted plant and an annual, burning those leaves off, to get rid of it. You just got to remember to get out there the minute you see it. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's going to make seed and you'll have to do this again next year. But if you get on it, if you really attack it each year, it will not be long before you won't see it again because it won't be reseeding. And you may find just little spots or a couple of plants that you can yank out and get rid of. I know it's an annoyance. It really is. Uh, it doesn't provide a big benefit. But you got to get with it quickly, quickly to make sure that you can keep it out of your garden out of your flower beds, out from under trees, that's a spot for it too. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I got to take a break. I'll be right back.
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I got texted a good question here, and I, I want to make sure everybody gets to hear the answer. Someone is asking if your grass is dormant. You know, it's all brown. It's not growing at the moment. Can you use the vinegar sprays on the weeds? Because the grass is not growing and the the leaf is dead. So is it really a bad thing? No. Let me, how do I say that? No. You may do that. That is not a bad idea. If your lawn is dormant, you can be less particular about spraying weeds. Would I use a hose end sprayer and spray everything? No. But since the grass is dormant, And the organic weed killers won't kill the roots of your grass. They'll just burn off the top leaves. That's a way, especially this time of the year, if your turf's good and dormant, to get rid of a lot of weeds. You don't have to be quite so particular when you're spraying the weeds. Now, again, I wouldn't just blanket spray an entire yard. But you can spot spray without being super duper careful. And it would allow you to get rid of the weeds and it won't kill the turf. The turf, the roots are under the ground. The vinegar never gets to them. Or the other sprays that I listed, they're top kill. They're going to kill the leaves. They're not going to kill the roots. So that's not a bad idea if you want to just kind of blast things or not be so particular about it. If your turf is already dead and dormant, it may be a while before it gets green. Although with this rising temperature, with this rapidly rising temperatures, uh, you may get surprised. Let's go to the phone. This is Marilyn. Marilyn, what can I help you with? Um, I would like to know about kefir lines. I have one that's about three feet high, and I really don't fertilize it. It's in a pot because I, I know it can't stand a freeze. Could you tell me how to, uh, what to fertilize it with? Sure. The limes like nitrogen fertilizers. So you could use fish emulsion. Okay. That's convenient. You could use cottonseed meal. You could use alfalfa meal. You don't have to use a lot but they really would like consistent feeding. So let's say I was using cottonseed meal. I would put down fresh cottonseed meal about once a month. 
I could use the fish emulsion every other time I watered. So like every couple of weeks. And they will really respond well to high nitrogen fertilizers. Okay. And what about cannas? I uh, planted three of them last year, and they grew well. And, of course, then they died. And they're sprouting up now. Um, should I, what would I fertilize them with? Or do I just leave them other than probably fish emulsion? That would not be a bad thing to use. That way you don't have to get a fertilizer for cannas and a fertilizer for citrus and a fertilizer for this. You could use the general purpose fertilizers on the cannas. Doesn't have to be super fancy. And okay. I would give them just a little boost right now. You don't have to give them a lot. Maybe some now and maybe some again in six weeks, depending on the weather. And that should get them a good start. And you're already uh, ahead of the game because you said they're already coming up. That, okay. Another question is, I know when you spray weeds, boy, do, the weeds that you were talking about have just overtaken my yard. And um, I had somebody to help me pull them out, but I like I still have more to do because I have a I live on a like a half an acre. Um, with the vinegar solution, don't you have to add orange oil? At least I bought it and I thought I used it before, but I I forgot how much you put to a gallon of the twenty percent vinegar. You can use orange oil. It can help ensure that the vinegar uh, sticks, per se, to the leaf and really dries it out. It's one cup of orange oil per one gallon of vinegar. Okay. And um, may I ask one more question? Sure. Um, I planted, had a lot of Asiatic uh, jasmine planted, and um, the freeze just knocked them out. Um, is this a good time to plant them now? Um, you don't have any growing, or are you just... Well, I think the deer came, really, when I look at they The deer came and ate them. <clears throat> Well, if the deer ate them, it would not be a good idea to plant more. You're just going to give the deer another meal. Could you make a suggestion? It's under uh, oak trees. I have. You can go to the uh, growgreen.org, and they list a bunch of, of deer-resistant. Nothing is deer-proof. If a deer is hungry enough, it'll try to eat it. But they list a whole bunch of deer-resistant ground covers. Okay. I don't suffer problems with deer, so I don't really know what does or does not work. I don't have deer come and decide to feast on my garden. <laughs> I have bigger problems with rabbits, but mm -hmm. that's easier to manage. So uh, the growgreen.org 
has a list of things that, hey, deer don't really like this. And it will give you options of stuff to plant that you don't have to worry about the deer coming in and just feasting on it. Well, once again, thank you for your expertise. Um, we are so blessed in Travis County and the surrounding area to have you as our go-to guru. Well, thank you much, Marilyn. You have a great day because it looks like it's going to be beautiful out there today. Thank you. Um, dear folks, they're hungry. If you're planting something, even stuff they won't eat because they will um, rut against a tree and rip up the bark or knock over the tree. If you are in a deer area, from the minute you put it in the ground, you better have protected it from the deer because they're going to they're going to ruin trees and shrubs and they're notorious for going and grabbing a newly planted plant and simply pulling it out of the ground i swear they do it out of spite if you have deer where you are at pick plants that deer don't care for or make sure you have uh, you have a good way to protect the plant from the deer. Cage your young trees. Uh, cover your shrubs or plants so the deer can't get to them. Otherwise, uh, you're, you know, you're just throwing crumbs down to feed the ants. The deer are just going to come by, and they're greatly they're going to greatly appreciate that you gave them something to eat. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, we're coming up on the top of the hour. We're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. 